G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking the first round rankings, your top 12 players in fantasy basketball category head-to-head leagues. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at BallBoysNBA and on Instagram at BallBoysFantasyBasketball. Today, we are going to be redoing um, the first round rankings. Uh, we did this video earlier in the preseason, although it was myself and my co-host Callum doing a first round mock draft of sorts. So um, today it's just going to be exclusively my opinion, my changes and thoughts on each of these guys in the first rounds. I will also be doing, um, so today is going to be a category head-to-head rankings. I'll also be doing a points league first round rankings a Roto first round rankings, and I'll also be doing a Dynasty um, a top 20 rankings, okay? It's hard to sort of know a first round, obviously Dynasty League, sometimes you have bigger league sizes as well, so I'm going to go a top 20 rankings in a Dynasty League in the next um, week or two. So today's going to be head-to-head category league. So uh, if you have any disagreements or if you like some of the picks that I've made here, drop them down in the comments below. Um, thumb up the video. Make sure you are subscribed. If you want all of my rankings through the top 156 players, head over to ballboysmba.com uh, and you can sign up and become a subscriber there and get access to all of my rankings, all the punt rankings that I've got over there. We've got articles dropping and exclusive Q&As if you want any questions answered now and throughout the entire season. You can jump over there. $10 will cover you for the entire season. So um, nice and affordable there, guys. Just a good way for you to get some a little bit extra from um, us over here at Ball Boys uh, for your fantasy basketball content. But let's um, let's get stuck into it. Um, top 12, and then we'll go through some honorable mentions that came close towards the end. Okay, so number one, no real surprise here. Uh, Nikola Jokic is my number one player in head-to-head leagues. He is pretty much unquestioned the number one guy that should be going off the draft in every single league. Um, he's just good at everything. Every punt build, every um, you know injuries, he's been fine with injuries. It's not going to guarantee that he's going to be healthy this year, but you know... We can only go what we have gone off in, in history. So he's he's been healthy. He's been amazing. Yes, Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr. are coming back, but I don't think it's going to be enough to bring him down. Um, so I think that he is definitely unquestioned. The number one pick, I think it's pretty, pretty obvious. And I would not be really in a category league considering anyone else if I'm at, number, at pick number one. Um, he might not finish there, but I, I really don't see any scenario where he's not at least a top three to five player this season, and um, when you're picking a number one, you're not really looking for much more upside than at one, so if you, you know, you're kind of just limiting your downside, and I think Jokic does that, so we're not going to spend too much time on Nikola Jokic. Number two, it is still the same for me, I am pretty locked in 
with Giannis at number two for me in a category head-to-head league. So in a head-to-head league, obviously, I'm a very big fan of punting. Those of you who listen to me regularly will probably know that. So I'm very happy and keen to take Giannis at pick number two, punt the free throw percentage, and I'm pretty confident in what Giannis can give me. He's going to give me awesome points, field goal percentage, rebounds. Um, He's going to give me great, uh, decent steals and blocks as well. The assists are going to be nice. Um, obviously, the turnovers are going to be whatever, but so same with all of these guys. I'm not really caring. And um, in a punt free throw build, he's a second-ranked player behind only Nikola Jokic, so that's where I'm, I'm drafting him here. So I think that he is, and he's safe. I feel a lot safer drafting a player like him and a, than a few of these other guys that are, are ranked a little bit behind him who could maybe beat him on a nine-category per-game rankings. But again, in a head-to-head league, I'm very happy to punt and... Um, with Giannis, it just makes it simple, makes it nice and easy, clean, and I know what I'm targeting from then on out. So I think that for me, he'd be my clear number two. If I, again, I've addressed this in a few other podcasts before, but if I'm choosing where I want to draft in a podcast, I think if I can't get pick one or two with these two guys, I then want to probably pick at pick 9, 10, 11, 12, towards the back end of the first round, because I think there's a bit more value. These next group of guys, I've got quite close. Um... There's a few question marks on some of them in terms of availability. You might consider some of them to be a bit more risky than some others, um, which is, again, always up for debate, and and I can definitely listen and hear those kind of arguments. But um, I'm very happy to take pick one and two as my first preference, and then if I can't get those two, then I'm happy to go towards the end of the first round, and, and hopefully I can get two guys with my first two picks that could both legitimately be uh, first-round players. So Nikola Jokic one, Giannis at two. At three, I've got Joel Embiid. I think that um, he's played in enough games in the recent seasons to make me feel confident enough to drafting him this high. He was the third-ranked player last season. He still was a third-ranked player when um, uh, James Harden came over. His rankings didn't and numbers didn't seem to be affected by Harden being acquired at the deadline. Um, so I'm pretty confident that he's just going to come out and do his thing again. He centers and blocks and those kind of things are going to become harder to find later in the draft. So I like that I can get him with my first overall pick, lock that position away. Um, and he's still providing me, obviously, elite elite percentages and elite um, value at that point. Elite points. The rebounds are good. The assists are pretty solid from a center. The blocks are nice. Good percentages. Um, so... I think I'm very happy to take Joel Embiid at that point. Some of you might consider him to be a bit risky at pick three. Again, I'm not totally against that. I don't totally disagree, but I'm, I'm confident enough. He's played at least 70% of the available games in the f- past four seasons. He played, uh, I think it was a total of, let me just have a look. I think it was something like 68 games last season. I have it here in front of me. Yeah, 68 games played last season out of 82. And to be honest, that's pretty good for your first-round pick. Not a lot of these guys are playing more than 70 games um, a season. So he is definitely someone, when you've got a few other guys who are also injury risks, when his permanent upside and his production is a bit better than all those other guys, I'm very happy to take him at pick number three. 
You could look to punt the steals, punt the threes, punt the assists. You've got a few different options for you when the second round comes back to you. Um, and again, having that center for your first pick, I think, is, is a really nice way to start. At pick number four, this is where I've got Kevin Durant. So I've got Kevin Durant at pick number four. Again, he's a per-game kind of monster. He's He was the second-ranked guy last season. Um I will give a shout-out to Cal to say that I agree with him. He pointed out in our last time we did this kind of a podcast that his minutes were absolutely crazy towards last season, especially towards the end of last season. He played 37 minutes a night, 38 and a half minutes after the All-Star break. He's definitely not going to play that many minutes, in my opinion. Um, the addition of Ben Simmons makes things a little bit different over there in Brooklyn, but he's Kevin Durant. He's, like, if not the best player in the NBA, he's one of the top two or three so he is definitely someone who is going to get the, the ball in his hands. The, the game plan is going to go through him. I don't really see him taking a second uh, backseat to anyone, uh, let alone Ben Simmons. So I think he'll be fine. He'll kind of do the same kind of things he did last year. Maybe the minutes come back and some of those stats just scale back a tiny bit. Um, the thing I don't really love about Kevin Durant is because he is so balanced across his stat set and his value, um, it, it does make him a little bit less valuable in a head-to-head format versus a uh, roto format. So he's someone that makes it a bit more difficult to, to figure out a punt strategy. So um, all that means is when your second pick comes around, you're just trying to still take the best player that you think is available and um, you, you can start to build your punt strategy from there. So I'm pretty happy to take him at four. I think his per-game per production, sorry, is is a, maybe a tier ahead the next group of guys, but the risk associated with, you know, he's had a few injuries and obviously the trade rumors which were there in the, the offseason. I don't necessarily think they're gone. I think they're obviously pretending like it's all okay now, but it definitely could rear its head towards the um, the trade deadline. I don't think he's the kind of guy to sit out and, um, you know, not play games a la Ben Simmons. But I think that he, it obviously does just throw another variable into the mix. But at pick four, I think I'm pretty happy to, to get a Kevin Durant there. And at, at 34 years old, I still think he's going to be uh, one of the best players in the NBA. So that's where he's ranked for me. At pick five, this is where I'm going to take a swing on a Luka Doncic. I've got Luka at pick five. I know... He's never going to get this high in a nine-category ranking. That's fine. I'm not worried about that. Again, in a head-to-head league, I'm very happy to punt. If I punt free throw percentage and I put uh, turnovers to a 50% weighting, um, he was the seventh-ranked player last season in that kind of a build. If you punt free throws and turnovers, he's probably a top-five guy. So that's what I'd be looking to do if I'm getting a Luka Doncic. You can't get his points, rebounds, threes, and assists anywhere else in the draft. He is someone who I've sort of seen comments. Obviously, you don't have to punt the free throws or field goal percentage, but I still think that you probably should, um, especially if your next couple of picks you know, lend themselves to those kind of a builds. But again, you don't have to. You've, you've got options. So he's not forcing into any kind of a punt build like a Giannis does. He could turn around and maybe become a high 70s, um, you know, low 80% free throw percentage shooter. Even if I'm punting though, that, that doesn't bother me, right? It's just, it means he's just going to score maybe an extra point per game. Like that's fine. Um, that's not a big deal. That's a good thing really. Um, so to me, him being at five is about where I'm comfortable taking him. He's maybe one of the few guys that has an outside chance at being the best player in fantasy basketball if it all comes together. Uh, I don't think that, that will be the case. It's maybe like a 
like a 3% chance or a 5% chance of happening, but it's not zero. So he definitely is someone who I'm very happy to take sort of in those mid rounds. And I do like the punt free throw percentage as a good strategy. It's one of my favorites. So I think with him, Compared to a Giannis team, you've got a bit more in the way of threes. You've got a bit more in the way of assists in that type of a build. You might need to search out that field goal percentage a little bit more. So maybe players like a Zion um, have a bit more value with this as your starting pick. So you can utilize that field goal percentage boost that a player like that gives you. So uh, I think it's a nice way to go. And it is it is an interesting strategy to differentiate yourself from the other punt free throw team that's likely going to be in your league when uh, that team is drafting Giannis. So at pick five, I'm very happy to be taking Luca. Let's go on to pick number six. Now, I've been mucking around with this part of the draft, and those of you guys who are over on Ball Boys NBA and you are subscribed, you might have seen I've been just swapping a few guys here and there. So these guys are all quite close. I think this these next two guys are quite close for me as well. So at six, I have James Harden. Now, James Harden is someone who, obviously, there's a few... I've seen varied opinions, right? I've seen some people say that they take him as early as two or three. I've seen some guys that say they're not going to touch him till the very last pick in the first round or the second round. Um, so I guess I'm kind of somewhere in the middle there. I obviously know that he is an elite player when it comes to fantasy. He's always been really good at fantasy. The assists are awesome. The free throw percentage is awesome. He gives you great rebounds for a guard. Um, The scoring's still nice. The threes are still good. The steals are still decent. He actually gives you decent blocks for a point guard as well. Obviously, really high in turnovers, and the field goal percentage fell off a cliff a bit last year, a bit even more so than normal when he was already pretty bad in that category. He is getting up there in age, age 33 this season. A little bit of a history of soft tissue injuries, which is not the best news. Hamstrings and things like that can seem to linger in my experience. Um, So I'm a little bit wary of that. I'm a little bit wary of the fact that he's now playing next to Joel Embiid. And even though he still was, um, you know, after the trade deadline, he was the 17th ranked player. In a punt field goal percentage, he was still a top 10 guy, number 7 after the All-Star break, next to Embiid. He still will be the second guy. He's no longer a number one option, um, like he was on Houston a couple of seasons ago. So I am aware that I don't know if he has that top three or four upside anymore, um, but he's very, very solid. I'm very happy to take him and either punt the field goal percentage and turnovers, or I'm even happy to take him and punt points. Um It sucks now that we've got the news that Robert Williams won't be healthy to start the season with his knee surgery. So he was a guy that I was very happy to pair with someone like a uh, James Harden, get my field goal percentage back up. Now the punt field goal percentage, punt turnovers build is looking a little bit more enticing because you don't have that kind of a guy in the, that you could get in the third round in most cases, sometimes even the fourth round. Um, So it's less, less enticing there, but I still think that he is someone you could look to punt the uh, the points for because, again, he's still scoring maybe 20 to 23 or 4 a game. Um, but compared to some of these other guys who are scoring 30, he might just be a little bit behind, depending on your next couple of picks. Okay, So depending on who you get on rounds 2 and 3. I know everyone's really hesitant to punt points as a category because we love players that score. Um, so they catch our eye, but there is a lot of value in that. And you can pick up guys who uh, can contribute a lot elsewhere, even though they might not be the best point scorers in, in the world. So um, 
James Harden, to me, is at number six, very close to the guy that I had ranked behind him. And at pick number seven, rank number seven, this is the guy that I was flipping and turning between here and Harden, is Jason Tatum. I haven't talked much about Jason Tatum in a lot of our mock drafts or a lot of our other podcasts, but I really like him for this season. Um, he, obviously, I'm a Celtics fan, so maybe take this with a grain of salt. I don't know. I try my best to keep my biases in check, but um, Tatum was the 14th ranked player in nine category leagues last year, but he was the seventh ranked guy in the second half of the year and the sixth ranked player in the um, last couple of months after the All-Star break. Now, the only thing that really changed in those things between his second half and his first half of the year was his field goal percentage. So in um, the, on the season, he was shooting 45%, and the second half of the year, he was shooting 49 So that means he was probably shooting for the first half of the season in the low 40s. I would definitely consider him to be above 45. I would peg him at around 46 to 47 so maybe somewhere between those two numbers, which makes him a very comfortable top 10 guy for me. And just when he seems like when there's a few guys like he, James Harden, Embiid, Durant, I feel really safe with a player like Tatum on my team. I, I, I know he could get hurt, he could get injured, but it just feels like a nicer, safer pick for me. He's kind of like a Kevin Durant light um, maybe without the blocks, the field goal percentage isn't quite as good. So that's what separates them on a per-game value. But the points, threes, rebounds, assists are all fairly similar. You know, Tatum might give you some more steals than Durant will. Um, and the free throw percentage is pretty similar amongst both of them. So I think that he is definitely that balanced kind of guy again. So he gets dinged down a little bit. In a Roto League, I do have him a bit higher, just to give you a, a preview into my top 12 Roto rankings. So, But in a head-to-head league, he doesn't stand out from any particular punt. Um, maybe you're punting the blocks because he's a power forward eligible player and he gets you only half a block a game. So that's probably ideally where you'd go. But again, it's another guy that I would let my second and third round picks kind of dictate which way I go in the draft because um, he is someone that is very easily... Excuse me. Uh, is very easily... Um, is very easily manoeuvred around. You can build a lot of different strategies um, to... Uh, to make your team effective with a, with a player like Jason Tatum. So I really like him in the middle of the first round. I'm taking him ahead of a few other guys that I see ranked ahead of him on a lot of other sites just because I think he's the safest uh, player really in the first round outside of Jokic um, just because, again, he played 76 games last year. That's by far the most amount of, the, of all these players uh, outside of maybe some of the younger guys towards the end uh, in the first rounds, and I think he probably has the highest upside out of all of them. And um, the fact that he was... The, the, I know sometimes we, we think that maybe he doesn't always translate, but the fact that the Celtics were performing so much better when Tatum figured it out in that second half of the year, it makes me believe and makes me confident that that second half translation, those second half numbers, are. I'm, I'm confident in projecting that being what we see in this upcoming season. So I would bet on the guy to, to pick up where he left off. He's only 24 still. Um, I know we always joke about Tatum saying, but, but he's still young. He's still right in the thick of his prime, really just entering his prime now. So he could even take another step forward from here. So Tatum is where I have at number seven. At pick number eight, I've got Steph Curry. 
I know Callum is a bit more of a fan of Steph Curry than I am this season. I just saw some things that I didn't really like from him um, last year. We'll focus a lot on the field goal percentage. Now, last year it was one of the lower field goal percentage seasons of Steph Curry's career, 43.7%. But even in the second half of last year, when the field goal percentage came up to the high 40s, his ranking still wasn't wasn't super high. He um, In the second half of the year, he was the 16th ranked player. He was ninth in a punt block build. Um, there was a lot of usage going through Clay Thompson um, and going through uh, Jordan Poole. So I think while Steph Curry will still be Steph Curry, his numbers are... They are quite dependent on him getting up a lot of shots, getting up a lot of threes, and doing it efficiently. So as he's getting a little bit older, obviously he's going into his age 34 season. Perhaps the Warriors wanted to rest him a little bit more or at least take the ball out of his hands where they can rely on some of their younger guys like Poole and, oh, I guess Clay is younger than, than Steph, but, but he's not a young guy, but share the load a little bit more so that Steph's not having to do as much. And even if it's just like a 5% drop in in what he's been doing, it, it is enough for me to drop him down to sort of the late mid first round. Um, I still think he's really good. The other thing that I don't love about starting with Steph is his uh, biggest contributing category is his three-pointers. And as I've said before, threes are the easiest things to find later in draft. So if that's your number one category, it just drops you down uh, my rankings for you um, just a little bit because I think that it is a bit easier to find that later. Um, so when you compare him to someone like uh, James Harden, whose assists are his biggest value, um, and his free throw percentages, those two things are very, very difficult to find. Um, so that's why a player like him would, would rise above uh, a Steph Curry, in my opinion. So Steph Curry, though, at number eight, I, th- I still think he's a very solid first-round pick. I pick number nine, LaMelo Ball. Now, this is where, again, like I was saying before, I'd be very happy to get a guy at, at, at pick nine because I still think there's a very legitimate argument. You could put LaMelo Ball above um, a Steph Curry, above a Jason Tatum, maybe even above a James Harden because this guy is going to be in for another big jump in uh, value, in my opinion. I think that there's a lot of scope for the minutes to rise. He only averaged 32 minutes a game last year. And in that time, he was the 21st ranked player in a punt field goal. He was already number 12. So you're already getting a first round guy if nothing changes in that kind of a build. And I do think that the minutes are going to increase. He's still only 21 going into his third season. I still think we're going to see more improvement. I think that you're going to get more points. I think you're going to get more rebounds. Probably going to see a few more assists as well. Some more threes. So I think that Lamella Ball is very comfortably a first-round pick for me. Um, and yeah, I think, again, similar to a James Harden, maybe you can go with a bit of a punt point strategy if if maybe you can snag him and a guy that we might talk about a bit later, Tyrese Halliburton, in, in like the back end of your first round. I think that's an amazing start to your draft and in a punt point situation, that would be awesome. Um, but if you get some of those bigger guys or, or maybe even a Chris Paul later, um, then you could be looking really, really strong in those assist steal numbers whilst looking after your percentages as well. So I think that he is someone that fits that really nicely, or potentially a punt field goal percentage would be the other strategy that I go. But really, really happy to get Lamella Ball. Again, similar to a Jason Tatum, some, someone I feel very confident in. He played 75 games last season, and that's not to say that he'll do that again, but again, he's a younger player. Typically, those guys will play a little bit more. The Hornets, 
I mean, maybe there's a risk that they are really bad and they're tanking, but they were in the mix for the play-in tournament this last season. Miles Bridges going out does hurt them. I, I think a few other teams got better. So they might maybe go into a bit of a tank, but I don't think it's going to be one of those tanking jobs that starts in March. I think it'll be maybe at the end of the... It might be an April thing. And again, I think you should be done with your playoffs by then. So I'm pretty confident in his availability. And um, yeah, I just think that LaMelo Ball is a pretty safe top 10 guy. I'm very happy to get him. And I have him at rank number nine. All right, now these next few picks, my last three again, this is where I'm a bit unsure... I've got a lot of guys here who are, they're sort of mixed together. And, and I, I, I'll go through some honorable mentions in after we've done the top 12. And I think that these honorable mentions will be close to these these three guys that I've got here. So pick number 10, this is where my confidence starts to drop off on a few of the guys. But at number 10, I do have Carl Anthony Towns. Now I've got Carl Anthony Towns here because I am bumping him up a little bit because he is a big man and because he's a good center. I think that those are going to be harder to find this season. And if I can get a guy who's going to give me close to first round value as my center, I know there are a few good guards coming back to me at the start of the um, second round. So if I can pair a cat with one of those guards, I think it's a really good beginning to my draft. So I bumped him up just a little bit. He has been a first round player every single season of his career, including his rookie season. So will this be the season, the first season of his career, that he's not a first-round guy? Maybe. Um, But if it is, I don't think it's going to be by very much. I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff and suddenly become the 26th-ranked player. I still think he's going to be a top-15 guy. um, And I just feel really safe with Cat. He's a very versatile, flexible player. Played 74 games last season. Um, You know, you can punt. Uh, steals, you can punt assists, you maybe even can punt blocks. You've got a lot of options depending on who comes back to you. And um, yeah, I just think he's going to be really solid again. Yeah, he might drop a little bit in his field goal percentage. His blocks might come down a little bit. I expect maybe his points even come down a little bit, but I, I think we'll see a rise in threes. You might even see a rise back in assists. His assists actually dropped last season, so I think they might bump back up again. Um I think it's overall a slight net loss for Cat this season, but I don't think his value is going to fall off a cliff. So I still have him here at number 10, just because I feel a bit safer with him compared to some of the guys, the two guys that I've got behind him, because they've also got some changes. Um, So I think Cat, I'm not necessarily betting on him um, falling out of the first round for the first time in his career. I still think he's going to be at least really close to a first-round player. And at pick 10, I'm, I'm happy to take him there and, and get maybe a higher upside guy, take a bit more of a risk with my second-round pick. All right, at number 11, I've got Trey Young at pick 11. Now, I know in our first iteration of this video, our first uh, first-round mock draft, um, Callum took him a little bit higher than this. I'm just worried about how DeJounte Murray affects Trey Young. I think DeJounte Murray affects Trey Young's value more than Gobert affects Cat's value, just because Trey is very much reliant on those stats that require him to have the ball in his hands. He's relying on getting to the free throw line, scoring a lot of points, hitting threes, getting a lot of assists. He doesn't get you any blocks. He um, lower on steals, um, doesn't get you any rebounds. The field goal percentage did improve last season, but the season before, it was a lot worse. So do we see that? Is that a one-year thing, or is that, you know, what's going on there? His rankings have 
fluctuated wildly in the last couple of seasons. I think he was like the 50th ranked player the year before last, and the year before that he was like 15. So he's gone from 15 to 50 to top 10. And and it's not even that much of a difference. It's like three or four points, one or two assists, a, a couple of percentage points. So as soon as you see small changes in his big areas, it's going to really affect his value. So he, he does... He does get a boost in a head-to-head league in the sense that he's one of those guys opposite to a Tatum or a Cat where he's got a lot of his value concentrated in a few areas. It makes it really easy to punt other categories. You punt the blocks, um, you punt the turnovers, and then you've got a much more valuable player. So you could say that you know it doesn't really matter that much if his nine category ranking drops a whole lot because his punt ranking won't be as affected. But I still think that there's enough uncertainty with, with DeJounte that... Uh, and there's another, a few other guards that I, I have around the same mark that he's someone that I'm, uh, yeah, definitely more back end of the first round. You could take him ahead of Cat, in my opinion. I think that would be fine if you just prefer starting with a Trey Young and going with that punt build and starting with two guards. That's, that's okay. I'm fine with that. Um, but he's around this mark for me. I would definitely rather have a Steph Curry or a Lamelo Ball over a Trey Young in terms of my guards. So, this is where he sits at about for me. And the guy, again, behind him at number 12. Again, I think I originally had Trey behind him, but I've just flipped them again very, very close to me. And that is Damian Lillard, who obviously is coming off a poor season. He had the injury to his abdominal, had abdominal surgery, shut down the year only after uh, 29 games played. But this is a guy that is perennially a top 10 guy. He is, um, you know, he's been a fantasy star for a long time. Again, very similar to a Trey Young, um, James Harden, Steph Curry type. You know, huge field goal percentage, threes, points, assists. Um, you know, he gets a little bit more rebounds than a Trey, a little bit more blocks. Uh, the turnovers aren't quite as high as a Trey Young, but the steals are bad. So, again, very easy guy to punt. Obviously, you, you might be punting the defensive stats or you're punting the field goal percentage or both. Um, I do take a little bit of a discount just because of the injury and returning back. He's a little bit older at age 32. That's why I've pushed someone like a Trey ahead of him, like a cat ahead of him. I think he'll be fine, and by all reports, he is doing well, and the injury is not going to hold him back or, or cause him to have any restrictions. So that's why I've got him here in the first round, but he's just not quite in that top 10 lock like he probably would have been if he was completely healthy and didn't have this injury. So... This is where he sort of sits for me and still, in my eyes, is a first-round pick. And he is still probably going in the second round. So if you can get him in the early second round, I think that's a really good bargain. I think it's a it's a good pick, and I'm not really very worried about his injury and coming back. Maybe he's a little bit rusty, but it's Damian Lillard. I think, I think he's one of the most professional guys in the NBA, and I think he will be ready come the start of the season. So um, at number 12, I've got Dame Time. All right, this is where we're going to talk about some honorable mentions. So the guys who just missed the list, I'll go through a few names. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis are probably the four guys that are really close in my opinion. So I've got a pretty clear top 16. So again, this is why I like that pick 9, 10 kind of range because you're going to get one of those guys on the way back if you're in a 12-team league. Tyrese Halliburton has been going in the first round in a few mocks that I've done. I don't think it's terrible, but just don't get too caught up in my opinion. I know he seems like... It's funny. In, in some more casual circles, players, um, people are sleeping on Tyrese Halliburton. In some of the circles that I'm working in, a lot of analysts, there's some analysts out there that have him in, a, in their top six or seven. 
I think that's really getting a bit overexcited. Um, we've seen him for maybe, how many games was it? Like 20 games down the stretch where he was doing really well in Indiana. And even then, he was only the 20th ranked player. In a punt point situation, he was the 12th ranked guy. So just barely a first round guy, even when you punt the points where he was obviously putting up only 17 a night after the trade deadline. Um, yes, he's young, so he's gonna, he might get better, but he was playing like 36 minutes a night last year. Are we going to see that again? Um, I just I just don't know how much more ceiling there is for a player like Tyrese Halliburton. I think that he is obviously a really good guy. I think he's really safe. So um, you, you'd be, you could take him over someone like a Damian Lillard if you're a bit more worried about the injury. Maybe he finishes ahead of a player like Carl Anthony Towns, but he would have to still take another step forward to do that, in my opinion. Um, and I just don't know how much he's got that in him. Can he be a 20 and 10 guy? I would have to lean on the no. I think he maybe is like an 18 and a 18 and nine player. Do the steals stay up that, that high? He's he averaged 0.7 blocks last season. Does it does that take a drop at all? Does, does the efficiency fall away? He's already doing a lot of things at a very high level, um, and I just don't know where. He takes that really... Because, again, to get into that top 10 from, like, rank 20, it's hard, man. It's a big. It's still a big jump. Like we've said before on a few other shows, the gap between 20 and 10 is much bigger than... It's, like, the same size as 20 and 50. It's, it's, it's a decent jump still because those top-end guys are so good. Um, so, for me, he's not quite a first-round pick, although I'd be very happy to pair him on the turn with, with one of those other guards, a Trey Young type or a Lillard type or... Or one of those other guys, Lamella Ball, if you get him and, and you have the opportunity to pair those two guys. I would love that kind of a pairing. I think it's that's why I really like that that kind of a spot in a draft. And I think it's a nice way to start your draft. So it didn't quite make it there. Um, Kyrie Irving. I am very okay taking Kyrie Irving at the start of the second round. Assuming that I feel safe with my first pick. This is a top 10 guy, a top 8 guy per game. He is someone who's going to give you excellent scoring, threes, good assists. The efficiency is awesome. Um, low turnovers for your point guard. The steals are decent as well. He's just a really, really nice fantasy player. He's not injured, although he has previously been prone to injuries. Um, the vaccination status doesn't change his availability now, except for two games in Toronto. He's still Kyrie, though. Like, there's still there's still some risk. He's a weird dude, and he might just disappear for a little while. But I don't know. This is maybe this is just a, a gut feel kind of thing. I think he's going to be a little bit more available this season than we've seen in the last couple of years because I know, um, like someone like a Josh Lloyd thinks that um, contract years are bullshit, and I tend to agree. But I do think that there is a difference between a contract year when you've got a player option and a contract year where you're an unrestricted free agent. And there's already a bit of a rumblings around the league that no one really wants to deal with Kyrie because he's a bit of a headache. So I think he's aware and in tune with those kind of things. I think his representatives are aware and in tune with those kind of things. So I, I just have this feeling that he's going to... And maybe it's just rubbish. And maybe I'm, I'm talking myself into it, but... I just have this feeling that he's going to be a little bit more available and he's going to play, maybe, he's going to play 65 games this year. And if he does that, he'll be right around all those other other guys. And when you're doing that and you're at a top eight kind of value, 
I think it's a very good pick to take that kind of a guy in uh, in the early second rounds, and you've got two basically top 10 guys to start your draft with. So I like him there. And then the two Lakers, LeBron and AD. LeBron just gets penalized for me just for how, you know, his age. He also had an amazing career year in terms of fantasy, a bounce back year for fantasy with his blocks jumping, his points rising. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, the threes were up. So whilst maybe some of those things stick, I, I personally, I think the blocks are going to go down. I think he doubled his blocks from the previous year or close to it. I think that could almost half um, this season. Uh, maybe he's not going to be playing as much at center. I'm worried a little bit just about his age and, and yeah, just at 38. I know it's LeBron James, but he's 38 years old. Um, he just gets dinged a little bit for that for me. And um, again, happy to take him in the second round. He, um, you know, doesn't force you into punt free throws, but I think he's best suited to that. So maybe, you know, you pair him with the Luca or something like that, um, you know, and see how you go. But yeah, I think that's where he is for me. And Anthony Davis, I've said before, he could be the number one player in fantasy this season. He's got that upside. The free throw percentage needs to change for that to happen. I don't know if it will. We've seen it for two seasons now. I'm, I wouldn't bank on it. So again, he's he might be close to a punt free throw guy. Yes, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be that way, but he's good enough that if I get him with someone like a Carl Anthony Towns or someone like a Tatum, I'd be almost happy to make that switch, especially if I get someone who fits that build on the way back in the third round, because I think, you know, to get the combination of blocks, rebounds, and points, it's really, really hard, and blocks are getting very hard to find in drafts, especially with the news of Robert Williams going down, Jaron Jackson Jr. is injured for half the season. Um, there's just, it's hard to get the blocks and points and the assists all in one player, and obviously Anthony Davis is the player that can do that. And... um you just got to cross your fingers that he's going to be healthy. And uh, yeah, he's had a myriad of injuries in his in his past. But yeah, I think you've got to take that punt in the second round because he, he has much, much higher upside than that. And that will do it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you give the video a big old thumbs up. Um, flick that notification bell so you get notified when we drop a new videos. We are dropping videos nearly every single day leading up to the season at the moment. Lots of podcasts, lots of content coming your way. Head over to ballboysmba.com and get yourself a season guide for just 10 bucks if you want help with your gu- uh, drafts coming up. All of my players' ranks, articles, podcasts, Q&As over there. Um, We've got some more videos coming up, a points mock draft coming soon, and we'll see you guys later. Oi.